Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Summerton. Attention business owners, senior managers and executives, your successful separation begins right now. We have the answers to the questions you did not even think to ask. Let's face it, you're already successful in your career and we're here to help expand your knowledge and limit your costs by designing a strategy for your divorce. We take all that business knowledge you've acquired and we put it to work. With proven strategies, systems and processes, we've saved our clients tens of thousands in legal fees and helped define their future. And now we're doing the unthinkable. We're revealing the secrets the lawyers have tried to hide and giving you our formula for five steps to a seamless divorce. We're changing the world one divorce at a time, so stay tuned. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Divorce Angel podcast. For those of you who might be new to the podcast, my name's Tanya Summerton and I run a business called Divorce Angel. And my hope and wish for everyone going through divorce is that it is as easy as humanly possible. And when I say humanly possible, I say that because we humans make things far more difficult than they really need to be. But we do it really without even understanding why or really understanding that we are doing it. Like the realization that, geez, what we're doing right now is actually making our life so much harder. And the reason I bring this up today is over the last few weeks, I've had quite a few meetings with people that run successful businesses. And the level of conversation has been around what we teach our children and how we as adults really struggle in some of the the most emotional times of our life and it's natural isn't it like we're just not taught how to handle our emotions and if you think about it as we're going through school in many cases we're not taught the finer details of budgeting that's unless you know you do an accounting degree or some higher learning when it comes to you know financial advising or something like that but let's be honest our kids aren't taught had a budget and then they go out into the big world and they take out loans or they get credit cards and many of us might have done the same thing because I can talk from experience that early on in my life I was certainly a spender opposed to a saver or an investor would be how I would term myself now but the kids today struggle with all of that stuff and then as we go through our relationships or we get into serious relationships one party or another will take over the role of being the budgeter or paying the bills in many cases and we'll also have someone in the relationship that is probably the leader and someone else who is the follower and the reason I'm saying this is is not to underestimate anyone's um, skills in a relationship It's just sometimes how our behaviours, our traits, our beliefs, our stories have got us to get into, let's call it the marriage dance. Like we, we marry someone and before we know it, we take over these certain roles. So whether that be, and I'm not being sexist by any means, but you know, maybe the man takes over all of the gardening chores and the woman takes over the, you know, the cleaning not that that happens, you know, like it did 40 years ago, but I'm just using that as an as a, a metaphor to try and get you to understand 
what I'm trying to say. So we we go into a relationship and we move into these roles that we take on. And then once we separate, what happens is it becomes very hard for people who have never really looked after the accounts before or who have never really instigated discussions like because communication is such a big thing when we are in a relationship and in many cases not being able to properly communicate can sometimes be the pitfalls of why we can't fix our issues as well but we then get out of the relationship and we're having to use all of our skills to communicate with someone that has hurt us or who has said they don't no longer want to be married to us or it may be us that's saying we no longer want to be married to them and to communicate through that can be very difficult so I wanted to explain to you today one of the key things when you are dealing with your ex around certain points so the reason I bring this to your attention is because of a conversation I've had today with one of my clients She's already been to mediation and done all of the hard work when it comes to the children. So there's a, a, a perceived agreement in place on how the children will be looked after moving forward. Now, it's not written up in any parenting orders as yet. It's just mediation. So it's just a discussion with the help of a mediator to get to an outcome which is satisfactory at this particular time for the children. So anyway, the father no longer wants to abide by what happened at mediation, no less than maybe it was about a month ago. So it wasn't really that long ago. And it was under his instigation that she went to the mediation because we were just going to sort it out when we did the consent orders. So for those of you who don't know, here in Australia, consent orders are what get written up to go into the family court to get stamped by the registrar or a judge to say yes all of this that's been written in these orders actually complies with the family law act and it's fair and reasonable for both parties so we were just going to you know write them up and negotiate with the ex-husband and his lawyer but he wanted to go to mediation so she went off to mediation and she was quite willing to work out something that was suitable for both parties. Now, yesterday, when he was having his conversation with the kids, he decided to say that he wanted to change a lot that had already been discussed. Now, the kids aren't aware of what's going on behind the scenes. So obviously, the mother was really upset that he'd gone over and above what they'd agreed and wanted to organise some things with the kids that probably wasn't suitable. So she was heartbroken, she was petrified, and she was very scared. She said, I thought we'd had some things in place that would protect the kids. And she wrote an email to go back to the husband, and she sent it through to me this morning and said, Tanya, could you just have a look over this and see what you think? Now, the reason I'm telling you this now is because we're talking about communication and we're talking about finances. So when we're communicating with our ex, it's really easy to see it 
as a way of putting all of the points that we want to get across into one email or one lot of correspondence. So in her email, it was written very, very well. She'd outlined the facts from the mediation and what they'd agreed on and just said to him, you know, you're stepping outside of what's been agreed. Not to mention, you know, um, she then added in some other things that emotionally felt good for her. She was trying to get some of her stress and anxiety off her chest and she was trying to stand up for herself from behind the keyboard of her computer. And we all need sometimes to feel like we've got the strength to stand up for us for ourselves, don't we? So I read it and thought to myself, it's a really good email, it really is. But by sending it through, by pressing send, what she would have done, she would have started an argument because there was a lot of emotion in it. So when you're communicating with your ex-partner, or if you're not even at that stage just yet, this is just something to be really mindful of, don't get into the emotional feelings part of it. Stick to the facts. And the shorter and sharper the correspondence can be, it looks like you really just want to get to the facts and you're not interested in getting to the dirty part of it. Because if she sends his email through, he's going to interpret it or read it in a way that could backfire on her, which could mean he might say, no, I'm, I've had enough of this. I don't like how she's actually written the email. I think I'm going to take this further and I'm going to ask my lawyer to take her to court so I can have more access to the kids. Now, we don't want that, but that's what happens when you're dealing with such an emotional time. People's emotions are, are heightened, aren't they? Now, he agreed to these terms at the mediation and obviously something in the last few weeks has happened that's changed his mind. Now, we don't know whether he may have had a fight because he has a new girlfriend. We don't know whether he's had a fight with his girlfriend. We don't know whether he's had a bad day at work or what's happened in his life. He may have been driving home and had an accident. We don't know. Or it could just simply be that he wants to take it out on his ex-wife that you know he's not seeing his children like he thought he would there's so much more behind this so we won't go into why he's not seeing them often but you know just trust me when i say there's a reason for it so here we have a client that wants to communicate with her husband to protect her children and she's done it very very well so the key here is just to make sure in any correspondence Firstly, you stick to the facts. Don't get into all of the emotions. Don't get into, you know, calling him or her names. Don't get into anything other than the high level facts. And the shorter and sharper you can keep the correspondence, the better. Because the more words in anything, the more that can be interpreted the wrong way. So, it's like anything we do in this divorce area, it's just easier to make sure we stick to the facts 
and less is best. So writing, you know, war and peace is not going to get you anywhere. Or all it is going to do is highlight key points that maybe you never thought were an issue and they will be brought to the surface. Because however you say something can be interpreted completely different by someone else. So hopefully that's made sense. This is only a really quick, short podcast today, but I thought it was really key for us all to talk about how to correspond with our ex-partners because it's our responsibility to make sure that we hold our head high. We still we still 100% protect the children and protect ourselves, but we do it in a way that's respectful, not only to us, but if you've got um, you know emotions and you're really dealing with some issues, it's better to go and talk to a professional about it and to put it into an email because you could start a war and no one wants that because you often hear me say, for every action, there is a reaction and we don't want that reaction to be something that's going to cost you so much money when all it could have been was to just cut all of the emotion out of the correspondence and keep it short and sharp and to the point and as much evidence as possible. And that that's the key to really getting through this time of your life. All right, that's it for this week and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Angel podcast. Go behind the scenes of my business to learn the secrets no one else will share. Deep dive into the Divorce Angel process and listen to our most popular episodes over at tanyasummerton.com. If you love this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives. That's all for now and I'll catch up with you next week.